Welcome to the About, From, and With podcast, a podcast showcasing speech-language pathologists' journeys to finding their passion and purpose in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Danica Pfeiffer. In each episode, we'll learn about, from, and with SLP clinicians and researchers as they share their experiences, advice, and expertise. Hello, everyone, and thank you for taking time out of your day to tune into this episode about reading faculty job ads and deciding where to apply. In this episode, I'll share some things I learned about this process, including what to look for in a job ad, what to do if there's information missing from the ad that you want to know, and why it's important to save job ads for positions that you do apply for. Before I dive in, I want to give a little bit of context about my journey applying for faculty positions. I am just one person, and the information that I share is just from my own personal experiences. One thing I've learned from talking to others before the season and also while recording interviews for this season of the podcast is that everyone's journey on the job market looks really different depending on several factors, and these are both personal and professional factors that can and I think should influence the job search process. For me, I went on the job market three times before accepting a position, partly because of the pandemic and partly for personal reasons. And for those who are unfamiliar with the faculty job search process, you may be surprised to learn that there is only one interview cycle per calendar year, which means that I went on the job market three years in a row, 2020, 2021, and 2022. It's not uncommon to go on the job market multiple times, but there's also many people who just go on it once before getting an offer and accepting a position. The last time I went on the job market was the 2021-2022 cycle, and I had a much clearer picture of what to look for in a job ad, and that's what I'm going to focus on today. The first time I went on the job market was during my first year of my postdoc position, the fall of 2019 into the spring of 2020. The way that faculty job searches go is that job ads typically start going live in the fall and into the spring semester, and interviews typically start late fall and continue into the spring. I went on the job market at this point to see what it was like and to get some interview practice. If I found a great fit, I knew I could try to negotiate my start date for when my postdoc ended, which would be about six months later than what a lot of the start dates would have been. When I first started looking at faculty job ads, I really didn't know what to look for. They can be pretty generic and often leave a lot to be desired in terms of information about the expectations for the position. Over time, I learned to look for some key pieces of information. The first is the type of position. Is it tenure track, non-tenure track, clinical assistant professor, a standard assistant professor position, or open to an assistant or associate professor position. It's also important to look at the contract length. Some positions have nine month contracts, some 10 months, and some 12 month. The type of position being advertised is important to know and pay attention to because you wanna make sure you're applying to a position that you would actually consider taking if it were offered to you. Applying to faculty positions is a really exhausting and stressful process, so it's not worth applying to positions that you aren't even really considering. For example, if you don't want to do any clinical education in a campus clinic and really value that extra time for research instead, a clinical assistant professor position would not be a good fit because it's a large portion of your time that would be dedicated to clinical education. 
Contract length is also important. If you have summer responsibilities or want to spend time with your family during summers, then a 9 or 10 month contract is probably ideal for you. Summer months can also be a time to earn supplemental income from grant funding or other opportunities like summer teaching. The next thing to pay close attention to is where the department is housed at the university. Communication sciences and disorders programs could be in several different kinds of colleges within a university. They could be in colleges of education, health professions, public health. This is an important thing to note because this could influence the potential collaborators you have within your college. It could also influence your internal funding opportunities. It could also dictate some of the initiatives in the department or resources that are available to you. If you advance to the final interview stage, you often interview with the dean of the college that the department is housed in, so you'll definitely want to be aware of this information by then. Another thing to pay close attention to in the job ad is the description of the department. Specifically, what kinds of programs do they have in that department? Are there undergrad and graduate programs? Do they have a PhD program? Do they have an AUD program? Do they have distance education programs? Not all departments have the same kinds of programs, and the kinds of programs they have will impact the teaching and mentoring that you could do in that department. For me personally, I did not realize how much variability there is in the types of programs that CSD departments offer until I went on the job market. It's also important to look to see if there's any discussion in the job ad about the program being new or in the accreditation process. Sometimes this is stated, and sometimes it takes more digging on their website. Some people may love the opportunity to be one of the founding members of a new program and get to help with things like designing the curriculum and the clinical programs. Others may want to be in a more established department. Either way, it's good to know how established the department is when it gets to the interview phase because that can impact some of the questions that they ask you. The next and maybe most obvious thing to pay attention to is the required application documents. These may include a CV, a cover letter, a research statement, teaching statement, diversity statement, letters of recommendation, teaching evaluations, or college transcripts. Typically, each job ad will ask for some combination of these documents. Some may want them all, and others may only want a cover letter and CV. The job ad will also typically list a deadline for the application. This can sometimes be misleading. There may be wording that says something to the effect of, we will begin reviewing applications on October 15th and continue accepting applications until the position is filled. What this really means is that you need to have your application turned in by October 15th. That's the date that the search committee will start going through applications, so you need to turn in your application before that date. If your application isn't in yet, they'll likely start reviewing the applications and setting up interviews without you. Other job ads may say that they will start reviewing applications immediately. That means apply right away. I would try to get those applications in within a week or two at most to make sure your application can be reviewed with the others that they receive. Now what happens if you see the job ad after the deadline and you're really interested in applying? Well then reach out to the search committee chair who should be listed on the job ad saying that you just saw the post and you're excited about the opportunity and ask if your application would be considered at that point in time. These applications take a lot of time. Don't waste your time if they've already identified their new hire. However, it could be the case that they've started interviewing already 
but they would still consider your application. In addition to these key pieces of information, some of the more detailed job ads may specifically state key things that they're looking for in an applicant. For example, they may be looking for someone with a particular skill or area of expertise. In my experience, if you do not have that skill or expertise, still apply. There's no guarantee that they will find someone with that skill or expertise, and if they do, that person may not accept their offer. So just go ahead and apply anyway. Now that you've taken note of these key pieces of information, you may still have some more questions about the position before deciding if you want to apply or not. Maybe you want to know the expectations for how your time would be dedicated to teaching, research, and service, and it isn't listed in the ad. In my experience, many times it's not. Or maybe the contract term isn't stated and that's really important in your decision because you want a nine-month contract so you have more time with your children in the summer. In these situations, reach out to the search committee chair identified in the ad or the contact person that's listed. Those are going to be the best people to answer your questions and can save you the time and effort of applying if the position expectations don't match what you're looking for. There may be other things that you want to know about the position too that don't seem appropriate to ask a search committee chair directly, but would influence your decision to apply or not. Maybe you want to know more about experiences of the faculty in the department. Do they like working there? Are they successful in getting tenure? For these kinds of questions, ask around your network. Ask your mentors if they know faculty in the department or have colleagues that do. The field of speech-language pathology is small and chances are that you will find a lot out about different departments just from asking your mentors and colleagues. I took advantage of this with being at ASHA last year in the fall. Many people knew I was on the job market and were happy to share information with me about various departments that I was applying to. Now I will say you may hear stories of how the department has been in the past or how it was when certain people were there which may not be how the department is today. Culture shifts within departments can happen with new leadership, retirements, etc. So while the information from others can be helpful, don't base your decision to apply for a position solely based on one person's account. Try to get information from a few different sources if you can. You can also spend some time on the department's website to find out more information about the position. For example, you can look to see how big the department is by looking at the list of faculty. You can see what initiatives are currently going on in the department by looking at their strategic plan. And you can usually find all of the programs that they offer listed on their website as well. After you've done some digging and gotten all of your questions answered, you may decide that you want to go ahead and apply for the position. However, one last consideration before doing so should be weighing any personal factors that are influencing your job search. For me, location was crucial because I'm married and I needed to find a position in a city or town that had job opportunities for my husband. For others, it may be that they need a position in a city with good schools for their children. Maybe you were an international PhD student and now you need a job that will sponsor a visa. Whatever these personal factors are, I can't stress enough how much it is okay and absolutely so important to make sure that you prioritize them in your job search. Life is about so much more than work and you want to set yourself up in a place that works for you not only professionally, but also personally. For me, since location was a big factor impacting my job search, I learned over the course of being on the job market for a few cycles how important it is to do your research before applying for any positions. During my second time on the job market in the middle of COVID, I was offered a position that I interviewed for virtually. I was really excited about the position and thought it could be a really great fit for what I was looking for, 
but I had never been there before and didn't know anything about the area because all my interviews had been virtual. So it wasn't until after I had received the offer that my husband and I went to visit and realized that it wasn't going to work for his job opportunities. This was a huge lesson to learn and changed how I approached applying for positions the next cycle. The next time around, which was this past year, we together identified general areas that would work for us both professionally and personally before any job ads went up. Then when a job was posted that I was interested in in one of those areas, we did more specific research about things like the cost of living and job opportunities for my husband in that area before I decided if I was going to apply or not. That saved me from really getting invested in a position that wasn't going to work out for us in the long run. After going through that experience, I strongly suggest that you try to figure out what your deal breakers are before starting to apply. You can write them down at the start of your search and revisit them throughout the process to encourage you to try to stay true to what you are looking for during the process. Once you've decided you are going to apply for the position, copy and paste the job ad into a Word doc or a Google doc and save it on your computer. Don't just save the link for the job ad because oftentimes once the department starts reviewing applications, they will take the job ad down. If you're invited to interview for the position, you'll likely want to refer back to that job ad during your preparation. Once you start submitting applications for multiple positions, they all kind of start to blend together. So my advice is just to save all the job ads for positions that you apply for so you can reference them later. Search committees will want to see that you've done your research about the department during your interviews, and part of that is knowing details about the position that you're applying for, and some of those come from the job ad. So to recap, when you're reading job ads, there's a lot of key pieces of information to look for, including the type of position, the contract length, the college that the department is in, the types of programs in the department, whether it's a new or established program, the required application documents, and the application deadline. If you have any questions about the position before deciding whether or not to apply, you can reach out to the search committee chair listed on the job ad. You can also talk with mentors and colleagues to see if they have any information about the position or the department. Your job application process will go much smoother if you can establish what you're looking for and your deal breakers before applying, including both professional and personal factors. But also know that you don't have to have all the answers about the kind of position that you want to have right when you go on the job market, and you can definitely take some time to figure those things out along the way. All right, that's all I've got for today. Hopefully this is helpful for applicants that are going on the market and trying to figure out where to start. Good luck, and as always, feel free to reach out at any point if I can be helpful to you in any way. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of About, From, and With. If you haven't already, be sure to follow the podcast so you'll be notified of new episodes as they come out. I'd also love if you could take a quick second to leave a review of the podcast to help others find it. You can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at danicapeiffer.slp and on Twitter at aboutfrom underscore with. Until next time, stay humble and kind.